Welcome to the Thousand Voices podcast. My name is Mujan Askari, founder and CEO of Thousand Eyes on Me, and I'm your host for this podcast series. Each week, you will hear stories of fearless leaders and entrepreneurs to get inspired and learn how to become a successful leader. Today, we are going to talk about gender pay gap. Women tend to get lower salaries for the same job than men. In the 2020 World Economic Forum report on global gender gap, the Global Gender Gap Index finds that the progress towards closing the gender gap on this aspect has stalled. The index has improved only by 1% in the past 10 years. No country has yet achieved gender parity in wages. Women work for free more than two months every year due to gender pay gap. Gender pay gap is a real issue that needs to be addressed and resolved. Today, we have with us John Quill Hackenberg to tell us how we can put an end to the gender pay gap. John Quill Hackenberg is a partner of PA Consulting, leading on sustainability, ex-global head of sustainable business at Emphasis, member of Global Future Council on SDG Invest at World Economic Forum, and a regular contributor to Forbes. She has extensive cross-industry experience with expertise in circular supply chain management, employee experience, digitalization, and sustainable workplaces. She is a graduate from Stanford University in executive leadership and organizational leadership. Hello, Jankul. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much, Mujen, for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, John Quill, you regularly write about leadership, employee experiences, sustainable business, and emerging tech and digital strategy. Why do you think it's important to make leaders understand the importance of people and putting employees center stage in this digital era? And why, you know, we need to close the pay gap? It's a, it's a great question, Mujan, and one I think a lot of organizations have been struggling with for a while. Um, it's now at a critical stage. And there's a couple of reasons why this is so important. The first is for the uh, realisation and sustainability of business itself. So by having a uh, more engaged and more diverse uh, employee base, you're more likely to reflect the consumers and customers you're trying to attract. And in so doing, that means you're more relevant to, to business. Therefore, you're probably going to sell more things. So that's the first thing. The second thing is by having a, an employee centric uh, culture and, again, diversity of thought leads to solving problems and coming up with new ideas in different ways. If you have the same leadership model uh, being on repeat for decade after decade, you're soon going to die out like the dinosaurs. And so organizations that are, or in fact, industries that are traditionally male dominated need to recognize that um, and therefore make it attractive for women to be able to join, to balance out that diversity from a gender perspective as a starter for 10 on diversity of thought in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you think there had been any uh, improvements in the past year? Do you think companies have taken any actions that is improving the SDG, the, you know, the, the fifth SDG, the gender gap? So I think one thing that the pandemic has brought to us is um, the very quick ability for companies uh, to who are going to survive to digitalize. And so by digitalizing, that basically means anytime, anywhere working. 
if you're able to create a flexible working culture, that means you can also create flexible working hours. And in so doing that, having any time, anywhere working, it means that companies who really take that on are able to attract uh, previously restricted talent pools, such as return to work parents or, or women, uh, return to work mothers, and um, those who work or live in remote locations, and also those who are who are disabled, who ordinarily might be struggling with coming into the physical office. So digitalization, as a result of the pandemic, has just fast tracked um, some of those opportunities, and and that will enable companies to springboard um, to think about their, their diverse and flexible working policies. Yeah. That's uh, so true. Like I think that the pandemic that happened to us this year, it actually forced us to really reinvent our technologies and our workplaces and the way we work. And that had been something that we've seen it across the world. So talking about the pay gap, um, why we haven't reached equality and what needs to be done to get there, in your opinion? For example, companies starting hiring more female employees on STEM jobs doesn't really solve like a gender gap problem. What do you think is missing? So I, I think one of the, the main challenges is um, that the way in which um, work and success is measured. So traditionally, a lot of organizations are, are really focusing number of hours slaved rather than outcome. Um, again, going back to this anytime, anywhere working, flexible working model, companies need to move towards outcome-based um, activities and outcome-based measurement. And that just enables women uh, to be able to juggle many things at once, especially return to work mothers. And, and, and really, if, if we're going to call it out, that, that's the largest challenge. The challenge is not um, graduate intake level per se. It's also not even at board level. And those are typically the metrics that companies are advertising or purporting. It's really the top leadership level. And that's typically for a lot of women after they've had children, if they're going to have children. As a result, outcome-based working will be one major way in which um, companies can allow women to achieve the same goals as men and therefore be measured accordingly. The second thing is that um, organisations need to measure and recognise metrics, softer metrics such as leadership development, coaching, um, uh, team building. All of these soft things are seen and valued on a similar scale um, as financial outcomes. And so, and that, and that typically hasn't been done. A lot of women, uh, and this is proven in research, typically volunteer for these additional activities like diversity in the workplace, uh, sustainability act, uh, activities or uh, interactions, and that they're, they're not really measured and rewarded accordingly. So changing these metrics such that um, it's a much more holistic approach to how employees are valued and that these soft skills are valued as much as the hard skills will be another way in which um, this can move towards equality. Do you think there is a reason that it's on you know women's side about their skills of in negotiation? Do you think because women tend to ask for less, it's the main it's it can be one of the main reasons that they are paid less? It's a good question as well. So um we often say that Women are the best negotiators, except for when it comes to themselves. <laughs> um, I, I think I think there is some merit in that. 
Um, however, I also think that, and also speaking from a bit of experience, I think women typically go and try and solve lots of things. So we are generally, you know, multitaskers. I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to give answers that are stereotypical answers that women are better multitaskers and we're not such negotiators, uh, such good negotiators. But we are typically better multitaskers, and as a result, volunteer for many things in um, in work. And those additional measures. Are, are just not counted. So the point is, um, they might be set as goals, um, such as increase diversity in the workplace as one, ironically, but, but then they're not valued as the same as sell $5 million um, worth of, uh, of sales in, in a given year. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, that's the problem. And so the metrics are skewed to existing leadership structures and cultures. And until there's a recognition that some of those metrics need to change, then basically the gender situation and in fact diversity isn't going to change as a whole. It's a whole massive cultural shift that organisations need to adopt. Hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. I, I imagine it can be very hard also for companies to really define those metrics, right? Define those factors that they could add to measure the value created by, by employees. Yes, and I think, however, that the the World Economic Forum has published a new set of environmental, social and governance metrics um, in September. And and this is, of course, to help deliver against the 17 Sustainable Development Goals by 2030. And the reason that was done was because the metrics that have been set or measured against to date have been seen to be insufficient and really focusing on one area. And one particular area that was not really being addressed by companies is gender gap. And I would extend that to diversity of thought in general. Um, And I think by having a focus and a program on uh, organisations that are really focusing on diversity thereby creating sustainable business for the future and that's really what organizations need to focus on one example was mental health so in in january i was at davos and um you know a lot of the davos uh, sessions of typically 20 to 40 minutes mental health was set aside for five hours and it was declared the the global, uh, the greatest global pandemic of our time. Of course, this was before we all knew the extent of COVID-19, but it will still stand as COVID-19 hopefully will, will all be inoculated against. And so mental health is something that needs to be taken into consideration as a, as a, a real challenge for the future um, that will make companies think differently and therefore requires different leadership. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I was also at Davos and I saw how many discussions and roundtables were around the well-being and a lot of topics were about around it. I think that the pandemic showed us that we really need to invest in that because we're not going back to normal, as everybody is saying. So this is an area that companies should focus. Many companies see gender diversity and let's say the equal pay as a checklist to align with SDGs, you know, it looks like something that the, a tick off on the ESG targets that you mentioned also in your article. You believe that it should be a way to alternative thinking. Can you tell us why? Yes, I, I, I think um, I love the fact that you've brought that up. So a lot of, well, in fact, most companies have a sustainability report. And in that sustainability report, they um typically greenwash how brilliant they've been across all 17 goals and and one of those of course is SDG 5 as we both know 
Now, what, what drives me insane about that goal in particular is many companies hide behind a higher metric. So, and that higher metric is percentage of women in the workforce. And the problem with that is we need investors and customers, employees to hold organizations to account and ask what is under that number. Of that, let's take an example, 35%. How many are graduate intakes? How many are on the board? And how many are at executive leadership? And a lot of companies are hiding behind those metrics because it's easier to hire people straight out of grad school who are female. Um, And it's relatively easy to find women to put on a board. The challenges in that leadership level, um, not only because of the biology of women, you know, having children and therefore taking a career break and then needing to get back to work, but also because it will shape the foundations of the institutions that um, the existing leadership has become so accustomed and has served them so well. And it's the organisations that are looking themselves in the mirror and challenging that status quo and allowing a different type of leadership to come in um, that, that will really make a seismic difference moving forward. That's so exciting and interesting what you're saying. And one of the things that I believe it can interfere in stopping companies to really have that diversity in their leadership is the culture. And and you also mentioned it in your article. Basically, if we don't have an inclusive work environment with the correct culture that can attract um, more women, more diverse profiles, it's really hard to keep people staying loyal and be also efficient um you need to have you know sort of a prepared culture before inviting more women on board what do you think about that how is it impacting diversity in companies so i i think i think it's a it's a another great question um I'm going to give you an example of Unilever. I have to say, I think Unilever has done this remarkably well. They've reached gender parity across the board. And if you, if one has the opportunity to walk into an executive leadership meeting at Unilever, you're presented with an amazing chance to sit around a table with the same number of men and women of all different cultural backgrounds, um, of all different religious and um sexual backgrounds and the respect and interaction um, between every single member of the leadership team is is really quite amazing and so so I, I just think they've done that so well they've also rolled out policies around paternity pay globally regardless of whether paternity pay is, is something that's a legal requirement in the given country so I think Unilever I kind of always sat in a pedestal because they've always really tried to be a very sustainable brand, not from only from an environmental perspective, but also from a from a diversity perspective. And um, I think that is the sort of thing that a lot of companies need to be aspiring towards. Um, and I think what isn't necessarily going to help is ticking boxes, as you rightly said, Mujin, about, oh, well, we need X number of percentage of women, so let's go out and hire some women. It's also hiring men who think differently. And that means people from different backgrounds, whether that's culture, whether that's religion, whether that's industry, whatever it might be, to just think differently. And that just opens up a much smarter and more creative dialogue at the leadership level. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's amazing actually that uh, you mentioned this. Uh, especially, you know, having more diverse people, more diverse backgrounds, it also changed the culture. And for example, talking about paternal leave, um, so many people might before actually, especially in France, so many people would judge men taking paternal leave. But now, because actually the government has increased that uh, duration for for men. It is not, you know, something that you would judge and they change, you know, sort of the mindset of people in the company and that can be integrated as a culture. Also having diversity in the, in different, you know, areas such as orientation, such as religion, all of these can improve the culture in the company. Fully agree. I couldn't agree more. Plus it makes it more fun to work there, I think. I would like to know you, as one of the most influential leaders in the sustainable business, what do you think a leader of today should have to increase, uh, to create and maintain a sustainable business? So I think there's a, a couple of different facets. One is, is the ability to be surrounded by people who can think differently from you. So I guess my one piece of advice that I try to follow myself um, is to hire for, for the next five hires that any of you who are listening make, make them different from you. And different could be from a different background, from a different language, different gender, whatever it might be. But just hire somebody who's different from you, but importantly, who has the same values as your organisation. I think that's really critical. The second thing is a leader of today needs to be looking at a much more medium and long-term strategy in order to create sustainable businesses. And by that, I mean, what is the impact to society and to the planet, um, not only for short-term financial gains? I think the focus that shareholders, investors and employees and, in fact, consumers are going to put a lot of pressure in organisations to really be doing the right thing from an ethical perspective. I think ethics is going to be huge and therefore will be governed increasingly uh, more diligently. <laughs> Thank you so much. I can't uh, agree more than that with you. Um, so we're reaching to our last question. If you had a magic stick and you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Um, I think, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll address that um, from a business perspective. I think it's about, it's about parity. So kind of evening out rich and poor. And in the sense of doing that, there is enough of everything in the world. And through partnerships, um, it's possible to even that out and provide parity of access to water access to clean energy access to education for women and girls as much as for men I think is really really critical and for me um, this is the wonderful benefit and possibility with is that partnerships are being formed out of that from startups to governments to academic institutions to large corporate giants that is hopefully going to leave the world in a better place um, I find working in sustainable business a really exciting place to be because it's solving problems that are bigger than the sum of any single organisation. And for me, that gets me out of bed every day because it feels like I'm doing something good as well as uh, generating profit from both a financial and an environmental perspective. 
Thank you so much, Uncle. It was really, really pleasure to speak to you today. Amazing insight shared. Thank you so much for being with us. I love being here and thank you so much for the opportunity, Mujin. Thank you. This was John Krill Hackenberg, a partner of PA Consulting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Thousand Voices podcast. Join our community to find out more about our guests and our leadership programs on our website, www.thousandeyeson.me. Until next time.